Smartcast. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Music. Music. Horror. Horror. Subculture. Subculture. And overall, overall badass. Bad welcome, welcome, welcome to Kettle, to Kettle Whistle, Whistle, Whistle Radio, Radio. with your hosts, your hosts Dave, Dave and Sean. Sean. Happy fall. Fall weather is finally upon us. Apon is now a word as well. Welcome to the fall. Yes, we do have... Wow, it's actually cloudy, rainy, and cold. I love it. That means October. And this episode coming up is a great one. Great returning friend here, Dandy Brown, with his lovely wife, Dawn Brown, with their band, The Fizz Fuzz. Lovely and talented couple... We talk about the new album, Deserts, Mountains, and Oceans. And you know how many times I want to say deserts, mountains, and oceans? It's so easy to do. Anyway, the album's awesome. And you should pick up Palmyra, which is the album prior to this. Uh, an amazing album as well. All available on Bandcamp. And you're going to get to, if you haven't met Dandy already, he's been on the show many times. We've had Dawn on before, uh, last time with Sean. I could actually say Sean appears on this episode ever so briefly. I think he says hello. I think he says I'm here. And then, boom, into the nethersphere he goes. Gone. And he has his explanations. I just love that he's just kind of haunting the chapel all the time with really no <laughs> with really no explanation. Um, uh, <laughs> look at me. Uh, it just... There's not even like a uh, suspense and then a drop. He just kind of just disappears. Uh, but you know what? To his defense, I found out he was on call for work. He didn't tell me that. All right. So moving on. Living Dead Weekend is coming up October 20th to the 22nd. Okay. And it's fun every year. I love this. is one of my favorite events I do every year. Um, and this time around, yes, we got all the heavy hitters. Judith O'Day will be there, Russ Striner, Judy Ridley, Kyra Sean, Gary Striner, and of course, our friend John Russo, one of the creators. <laughs> Not to be confused with creator, 
that I did with Fiori an episode back. Uh, Living Dead Weekend, October 20th to the 22nd. It is at the... Two, three, well, here's the address. 232 Wise Street in Harmony, PA 16037. For all you post-MapQuest people on Waze, which I enjoy. Um, Steam Fitters Event Center is where it's at. It's actually a newer building. It is lovely. They have a great screening screen and room. Uh, it's kind of separate from the event, but not really. Just a little blockade of a wall there, and you will turn a corner, and there's just a huge screen, lots of seats, great sound, great way to watch films, and they do that the whole time you're there. You get to meet these people who are lovely people. Come meet them before they just stop. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they won't do it again. No, they actually will do this, I think, until Living Dead Weekend folds. And um, I don't see that in any time in the near future, man. It's, it's a very successful running, long-running one. And this is the 55th anniversary of Night of the Living Dead. It is the season. I will be there, and I will be working it, and I hope to meet you. You'll, you'll meet uh, Bob and Jess. Jess Weary, of course, uh, of her music and, of course, of her art, Celebration of Spirits. Check out the website especially if you are an artist. Her music is amazing, and Bob has amazing art, both of which work with me on Dr. Peeler, Demon Psychiatrist, issue two. I don't know if we're going to have it there or not. We planned on it. it. We may actually have the issue done. That's issue two. But yeah, check out celebrationofspirits.com. Uh, for, basically, if you are an artist and you love music, and you know what? We'll post your stuff on there, too. Um, you just got to hit us up. And uh, let's see, oh, if you do go to Living Dead Weekend, the um, Living Dead Museum is there too, as well as tours, photo ops, and uh, definitely souvenirs. They got all kinds of cool stuff in that, in that uh, particular museum. And uh, that's on the road to Halloween here, which we're looking forward to. Uh, let's see, I also, this was weird, in comic book news, I think I spoke of Battle Chasers in the past, and Battle Chasers is back after like... I want to say a 15 to 20 year hiatus. They left us, left us hanging with issue number nine and then just quit. Um, it's amazing art. It's from Image Comics in the vein of Dungeons and Dragons meets Star Wars. That's the only way I could really explain it. But yeah, they picked up with um, an issue 10 not too long ago. And I just noticed in my hands I have the second printing of issue 10. That kind of sucks. Missed that completely. Uh, but yeah, 10, 11, 12 are out. 13's probably out for Halloween because they're being cool. And um, it's a great comic book, or it really was. I'm trying to fall back into it. I left off at issue 8. Issue 9 is kind of hard to find and a little expensive right now, of course. Of course. But Battle Chasers is back for all you that are interested. Uh, I still dig Where Monsters Lie. Featuring Kyle Starks, who was also behind the Peacemaker comic. Where Monsters Lie, by the time you listen to this, they'll probably be up to issue 5 or 6. I've got 1 through 4. It's amazing. Uh, a little, uh, what do you want to call it, a neighborhood of serial killers hanging out together and possibly killing each other. It's not a real original idea. I actually wrote a script like that when I was in college. 93. Ooh. And yeah, sure, you've all seen it. But no, Where Monsters Lie is really good. Great comic book, great story, great artwork. Check it out. And now, if you want, you got to help us out, folks. Um, we have a, not necessarily a GoFundMe, but a fundraiser 
for that was actually um, put up by my sister Darlene, and um, it's for diabetes type one and uh, type two. I believe you can donate to your preference. Um, and here it is, right here. I gotta dig it up. And the GoFundMe, here it is. It's on my Facebook page. Uh, join our JDRF One Walk team and help create a world without type 1 diabetes. Yes, my niece um, has type 1. She was born with it. And she is now 9 going on 10. Oh, my God. You can go on my Facebook page and, and join this donation. Go to Kettle Whistle Radio page if you prefer that. Give us a like and help us with this um, Type 1 Diabetes, uh, it's the it's a walk for diabetes. I've done these before myself, and I've donated. They're at 68%. They want to reach 7,000. They're just about at 5,000. We would appreciate your help. Um, let's see if there's a link here that I can tell you to go to. Yeah, it's basically JDRF One Walk, Norwalk, Connecticut, 2023, and you can join our team. But like I said, Facebook, Kettle Whistle Radio page, you can join it there too. And if you guys are friends of mine on Facebook, it'll be one of the last postings on there. This is for a good cause, folks. We would appreciate your help. We really need it. It would be great. Oh, they just reached 69% as I'm talking. All right, so I'm going to get to it. And uh, I hope you enjoy this with the Fizz Fuzz, Dandy Brown and Dawn Brown. Like I said, lovely couple. I uh, wish Sean was here. <laughs> Um, he was here in spirit once again. Uh, maybe you'll hear him in the future. I don't know. Maybe he is in the future. That could be the problem. That could be... What is your frequency, Sean?
have a problem here with folks is that uh, we both have dogs that go ballistic as soon as we start recording stuff. So yeah, no when Sean does remote, he goes into his car. <laughs> <laughs> so, I find it kind of funny that he banishes himself there, but uh, how's it going, Sean? You uh, you comfortable? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I'm actually in the house though this time, so. All right, very cool, very cool. Well, um, you put the dogs in the car. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> well, if I do that, they think they're going somewhere special. So. <laughs> right. Somebody comes along and smashes the window to get them out or something. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that can be a thing. We have dogs. We're, we're all very careful about it. But my wife literally, she had the windows down, stepped away from the car for like a moment. And somebody came over to her about that, and it's just kind of like, "Are you kidding me?" I mean, we, we're right here. We're not. We love our dog. We wouldn't take a chance like that. Um, right. But yeah, all right. Well, hey, it's great to see you guys. Um, we just kind of came hot off the heels of uh, statues off the new record, which uh, the Fizz Fuzz new record. I almost said desserts, but no, deserts, mountains, and oceans. Real easy to say desserts. I am digging this new album from the Fizz Fuzz. I've got. I've got right now in front of me, uh, Dandy and Dawn Brown of the Fizz Fuzz, welcoming them back. Um, they're friends of ours on these airwaves, and I've got Sean in the background somewhere, but welcome back, folks. How are you? Uh, we're doing great, man. It's such a pleasure to be back with you guys and, and to have another conversation. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Sean, how are you doing, man? Are you stabilized? Yeah, I think so. I'm good. <laughs> I don't want a straight answer from you. Uh, yeah, but all right, so we're celebrating this new album, uh, Deserts, Mountains, and Oceans. And I'm going to assume that you put this thing together during COVID or... Actually, I... actually, no. Um, we, kind of our game plan is is that we'll, we'll watershed for a while, write a bunch of riffs, and then come up with some big plan to go somewhere and record it and try to try to coordinate uh, a tour or doing some shows um, along with recording a record. So we have a very good friend um, who uh, lives in Verzuolo, Italy, who has a tremendous recording studio there, Oxygen Recording Studio. And um, he's, also, uh, he's also a musician, so we coordinated a bit of a tour with his band, um, and uh, they're called Maniac Du Jour. And uh, so we got there, we rehearsed, we did a bunch of shows, then we came back, recorded uh, the basic tracks for the record, um, and then once we got back to the States, uh, we ended up going to Atlanta to um, to finish the overdubs, finish the vocals and some guitar work, and uh, then it was mixed in Atlanta and came out in March, uh, so it's been out for a little while. Um, uh, so yeah, that's kind of the process that we do. We're, we're in that process right now. Uh, Don and I have been working on a bunch of new material. We've got uh, we've got our drummer Steve Earle and yeah, our bass yeah. player uh, Gabriela uh, Carta uh, flying out here to San Francisco uh, next month, actually, uh, to rehearse through all the new material, and uh, then we're going to make our our next plan from there. Probably try to go do some shows somewhere and record at the end of it. And uh, Steve Earle is a returning customer, right? Uh, with you guys, he was on your first album. He is, you know, Steve Earle and I go way back. Yeah, the Afghan Wigs. Uh, yeah, he was the original drummer from the Wigs. And um, after he left the band, uh, he and I have just done projects together on and off uh, for many years now. Um, I just wanted to note the origins of this record was actually uh, kind of interesting how fate would have it. Uh, 
we actually had a tour set up for our first record, but um, COVID then happened, of so course. we were unable, of course, to tour that first record as we would have liked to. So instead, we dedicated a lot of that time to, as Dandy was saying, watershedding all of our ideas for the second record. So quarantine is kind of one of those quarantine babies, as you can, <laughs> you can have it. Well, it's it's refreshing, and I, I'm enjoying everything I'm hearing. I we we're, we're gonna play well. We played one song already, but we're gonna play two more songs tonight. But uh, I have a favorite already, and uh, and Dawn, I gotta say, Deaf and Dumb is like my favorite so far. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I really thank dig that. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I wanted to say straight from the beginning here that you know, like uh, having you guys on is always it's refreshing to have you back, and it kind of like puts us back into perspective because we had a long hiatus, right, Sean? <laughs> Sean, we're still, oh, I think we may have we lost Sean. Sean. Yeah, I know. See the hiatus that I'm talking about. All right, I probably have to get him back in here. I don't know what happens with him sometimes, but but yeah, having you back, it just cleans the airwaves out, which is awesome. Um, yeah, and just fresh music is even better that you have it because I still listen to the other, the other stuff as well. Um, let's yeah, see. So well, the, yeah, know, the cool the cool thing about the new record is, and you know, not not a whole lot of cool things about COVID, but. The cool thing was uh, for the first record for Palmara, uh, we we came in, we came into that record with separate ideas, and we kind of uh, just kind of wrote separately uh, riffs and songs for that, and we we chimed in a little bit with each other's ideas, but but for uh, Desert Mountains Oceans, uh, it was much more collaborative between Dawn and I, and uh, so we were able to pretty much write that record uh, as a team instead of just bringing bringing in separate ideas and putting a record together. So, you know, it was an evolution in our writing style. And um, certainly I think the music is a little bit different than the first record. And, mm -hmm. and I think we'll evolve into this next record as well. Yeah, you can definitely say there was a significant evolution between record one and record two. You could phrase it as if in the first record we were coming together as two musicians and then in the second record we're like one band i could i totally agree with that but i was playing with the word evolution all day today like how i was going to present it to you because i noticed that right away and i wanted to talk about the evolution of your music too is i mean um and and dandy like you just from your background alone you know like this is a change for you but then you know there's this familiar riffs and, and the guitar that you play that's also that familiar. I I enjoy that. I like hearing your your playing in a new setting, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, I appreciate that, man. Every, you know, I, yeah, every time I, I hear you, say, it's something different. So. <laughs> yeah, I always I always try to not write the same record twice. You know, uh, I try to branch out and do uh, d different styles and different uh, different ways of, of of looking at the writing process all the way around. You know, so many. I think so many musicians, so many groups, they get locked in in a certain genre, and then people just expect that from them every single mm. time. And I think, uh, I think maybe commercially that works uh, uh, for people if you stay in the same lane the whole time. Um, uh, so, uh, for some folks that really works. For me, that's just never worked because I, I just can't stay writing the same music over and over again. I, um, I just enjoy. Uh, an eclectic mm -hmm. I have an eclectic taste in music and I just want to express my writing in as many ways as possible oh that'll be a, go, 
Go ahead, Dawn. I keep stepping on you, Dawn. I apologize. Oh, We're okay. not going to let you talk at all. <laughs> We're I just, just going to start talking to each other on this end. Yeah. Dawn, you got, Dawn, you got the conch after this. I'm going to hand it over to you. Um, that you know, a little Lord of the Flies reference there. But I just mm-hmm. got to say I'm sorry about um, Sean had to bow out gracefully. He got he was on call for work, and that's where he disappeared uh, into the uh-huh. nether regions of the universe right now. But yeah, okay. it's kind of it's kind of like an ongoing joke here. <laughs> so uh, I see. We're okay with it. Uh, Dawn. We'll be, we'll be back on again. We'll talk to Sean next yeah, time. Yeah, you know go. what? I'm going to have an exclusive just Sean and have everybody that he couldn't interview all at once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But uh, and can you imagine? Um, yeah, I don't know if you'd want to be in the same room with some of these people, and even if it's a virtual <laughs> virtual room. Um, but, uh, Dawn, you were going to say. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to comment that um, you always seem to stick to some of your – you come back to your tried and true flavors. Um and I mean that as a positive thing. Mm-hmm. As you have a through line of your mm-hmm. um, some of the flavors that you include yeah. in your previous work, which I think is makes it carry characteristically yours. Yeah, and I'm totally That's great for my wife. See, agree. That's so nice. Across America, BP supports more than two hundred and seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I completely agree. I'm currently reading... um, Brian Wilson's I Am Brian Wilson memoirs, that book, okay. and which is incredible. And what both of you have said holds true to the greats, um, like himself. And, um, I grew up with the Beach Boys through my dad. I wasn't really like a fan, but getting older, I started to appreciate them more. But what he said, this, what you just said, Dandy, too, is that he was he was told to, you know, change or you no, know, just sing the hits, get up there and sing the hits. You know, and don't deviate from the course. But he had all these different things he wanted to do. And he wasn't going to let anybody else, like, tell, dictate. But when it came down to it, especially singing for the Queen uh, after it was, like, her celebration of 50 years uh, on the throne. Well, she wanted to hear certain songs. So he had to play, you know, Good Vibrations and California Girls, you know. There are things that happen, like you said, that are corporate. But, yeah, you guys, I mean, do you get tired of playing the same things, same style? Is that what you're saying? And you have to branch out a little bit? I don't get tired of the the songs per mm. se as just like I said I just don't want to write the same record over and over again right, you know okay. I, I I prefer to branch out and try to try to at least push uh push my own limits and I feel that Don feels the same way you know to uh uh find something new find a new avenue and I think it's a two-edged sword you know because you know mm. you build a fan base like I think my first real success with music came with Hermano, you know, and that's going mm-hmm. back a uh, uh, couple decades and a half. And uh, I built a lot of fans to play in that heavy blues style of music. Um, but previous to that, I'd owned a recording studio for close to a decade where I was sessioning on any kind of music that you can imagine. But once you put out a record and you have some success with that record, then you put out another record, like uh, the next thing I did was Orquesta del Desierto, which was nothing like Hermano. Not like yeah. And so people kind of turn their heads and, you know, try to 
try to understand, you know, what you're doing. And often uh, people that got used to you doing one thing, mm-hmm. they'll reject what you're trying to do on the next thing, no matter how good it is, um, because it's just not what they're expecting. Right. Um, so, uh, like I say, it can be a two-edged sword, but, you know, I just don't know any other way to operate as a musician. Right. No, I, I understand exactly what you're talking about. I do a lot of reading about, uh, well, I read a lot about musicians and uh, being a failed one myself, you learn a lot that way too. But Okay, so um, uh, deserts, mountains, and oceans. Uh, now, you went across to the across the pond to the UK on tour with that? Is that? Yes. You did? Yes, <laughs> we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> I saw you shaking your head. Um, how did that go? How were you received? It, you know, it was a it was fantastic fun. Uh, we we have good friends over there, uh, um, uh, Nick Hannon mm. and uh, uh, Marlon King, who um, they're in a group. Uh, they're in a group called Sons About the Century, and they also uh, did some uh, collaborations uh, with the guys from um, from uh, Yanni Man, mm. and also uh, they did collaborations with guys from Karma to Burn. And uh, so Nick had reached out to me quite some time ago to uh, sing some tracks on a uh, record that he did called Yawning Sons. It was the members of Yawning Man and uh, the members of Alpha Centauri. And um, I did a couple, I did three tracks on that vocally. And we just started talking about doing something larger um, uh, with just a uh, uh, Don and I doing uh, almost all the vocals on the record mm. with uh, a few guest musicians in there. And uh, in conjunction with recording on that record, we decided that um, we were going to go ahead and set up a FizzFuzz tour because the new uh, our new record had come out. So <laughs> we got <laughs> over there and it were just there were many irons in the fire. Yeah. Um, but we played a handful of, of small, small venues and the reception was fantastic uh, in every place we went. And, you know, the, the key to ever going anywhere and playing music is to have fun. And man, we laughed till we almost peed our pants every <laughs> night, you know, just hanging out with, with Steve and Gabriella and uh, just rolling around uh, uh, the English countryside. And let me tell you, man, driving on the other side of the road is a freaking trip. <laughs> it is crazy. I don't envy uh, you on that one. <laughs> it took it took uh, it took some getting used to. I mean, I think there were like four close uh, almost accidents yeah. that we escaped. Oh, there were some eye-opening uh, <laughs> eye-opening incidents for sure. Oh, oh my you get God. so used you get so used to looking to the left, you know, when you drive here for oncoming traffic. So, uh, after like four near misses, Everybody in the van was screaming at me, look to the right. Oh my God. It was active uh, participation in the passenger seat. Indeed. Indeed. But it, it was an experience, man. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I mean, it was it was so, so, so much fun. And I have to say just about every tour I've ever been on, especially the stuff we do with the Fizz Buzz, mm-hmm. has always just a, an absolute hoot. You know, we just have more fun than we maybe even deserve. <laughs> um, but but the the reception was great to the to the shows uh the reception to the new record has been tremendous um and uh you know we're very very happy with yeah. the outcome yeah and it's always encouraging to go to to the other side of the world and to have mm-hmm. people telling you how much they love the record so that's got to be great that's always, yeah that's always heartwarming yeah is there any like any songs that stick out the most that they kind of responded to more than others um 
Well, I do remember uh, from the stage hearing some verbal comments uh, when we were playing, when we got to the end of Mad Jimmy. I remember, (laughs) I remember some old dude out in the audience. He's like three sheets to the wind, and he said, "That's a good song." (laughs) I remember he said that, but that made me feel good. Highest of compliments. That might be the best critique you can get, really. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what else could you ask for? Was he right next to the speakers, right next to the amps? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) But um, the venues venues that we play, uh, you know, um, we're we're not Michael Jackson, and we're not, you know, uh, we're not selling a million records a year. So, you know, we play in smaller indie type of venues, and uh, so most people that are standing in the room are standing next to the speakers. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, I remember those days. Yeah, that's some of the best shows though, because it's an intimate setting, though. You know. Oh, for sure. Uh, for do you sure. do you actually mull do you mill about the crowd before or after to meet the people? Uh, There's kind of no way around. It. Yeah. Continually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that's that's part of the fun too. You know, uh, meeting new people, um, and definitely you know, uh, shaking people's hands and and signing records if they buy them, and. Um, uh, just enjoying the towns, you know, enjoying the venues and and w- what we can, you know. Uh, certainly, there's a lot of driving involved and a lot of exhaustion involved, but uh, we we try to walk about the town and mm. see what we can see and take in the local fare and and enjoy the culture. Yeah, I would to really be there and be in the moment. I, first of all, I'd love to see you guys. Um, I would love to have done this. This new album came out, newer album came out in March, right? Is that when it came That's out? Right. Yeah, I, I was pretty MIA at that point. Otherwise, I definitely would have been jumping on this sooner. But we did jump on this soon enough because you have a show coming up this week. Uh, not this week. Oh, it's not this week. Uh, we, we, have, uh, we have one show. We have um, all the guys coming in, the two guys, not all the guys. But okay. we have uh, uh, Gabrielle and Steve coming in in November. Uh, we've pretty much booked oh. up a, uh, a rehearsal studio because the main goal is to rehearse all the new material so we're familiar when we go into the studio to record it. Uh, but we decided to book one show because while Don and I do uh, a number of shows just as a duo here, mm-hmm. um, we we haven't played on the West Coast um, uh, with a full band. Okay. And so we, we definitely wanted to do that out here and give folks a chance to see us um, in that format. Very cool. I, mean, I was that was one of the questions I had, uh, being that you do play with so many different musicians and types of. I was wondering who you'd handpick and play live with. Uh, how comfortable are the two of you uh, mixing it up with, a, another, say, three to four other people? Uh, do you still are you guys more pronounced, meaning you, everything is played how you want it done? Oh no! I mean, you know, when we get together with those guys, uh, they are our contributors. You know, we we don't dictate, you know, what somebody plays on bass or what Steve plays on drums. Uh, uh, we tell them to go with it, and uh, we the guys that we play with are enormously talented. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, I would never feel the need to do so. You know, I almost feel like I'm in, insulting them. Uh, <laughs> In a way, I feel like they're better musicians than I uh, am. So, so there's a mutual um, respect there. Uh, they they definitely contribute some some quality stuff. And and uh, actually, Steve Earle uh, wrote um, and co-wrote a couple of the songs on the new record. Yeah, I think I was seeing that. And I also, too, I thought I saw September 28th for some reason you had a show. Was that something that was planned and canceled? Or mm-hmm. maybe I just read wrong. Okay. Yeah, nothing nothing until November. Okay. We'll play, uh, November 18th. Uh, um, here at a, a place down in Petaluma, which is uh, maybe 
maybe 15, 20 minute drive from here. I'll have to repost this episode then though. Cause I like things to be timely for you guys too. Um, right when you're, uh, so you, you kind of answered this, but you said that you write together. Do you, uh, does one, do one of you write the lyrics? One arranges the music or vice versa. Somebody comes up it, with the idea. How does that work? It's never quite the same from song to song. Um, no. what typically happens is, uh, either one of us will come up with a riff and then we'll expand that into a general structure and we'll share it with the other and it kind of becomes a bit of a patchwork. Hmm. Um, and then if one of us has lyrics, we'll test hmm. them out on the other as like a sounding board. And, right. um, so it really is quite a, quite a team effort between yeah. the two of us. It, it's just a, it's a lot of jamming, uh, the riffs that we've come up with and the structures that we've come up with until there's kind of a comfort zone that we reach that hey this is the this is the structure that works and um then we'll either just start humming a melody uh that aren't you know hasn't developed into lyrics yet and uh see how that how that melody fits with the song and then usually i think one of the last things that we do is we actually write the lyrics that fit into that melody that we've come up with so a riff comes first, is that, and then you try some words? I think so. Yeah, I would say that's my, most accurate. And sometimes it does turn out to where it'll be a riff, and then one of us will generally write out uh, most of the song, as in structure-wise. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes the structure changes and evolves <laughs> until we get to the end, and we're like, I think that's it. I think, yeah. I think we're done here. Or, you know, there's that moment where, you know, oh, I'm stuck, you know, I, I've got this part and I've got a, kind of a cool bridge and I got a, kind of a cool chorus, but coming out of the verse into the chorus, I don't really know what to do. And then one of us will be like, well, why don't we put these two or three notes in there and see how that works. And, you know, suddenly the, the song, back to that word evolution, the, the songs evolve into what they eventually end up at the end that's perfect answer perfect answer uh, does this ever happen like when one of you get an idea and you tell the other go get in the studio quick like, we got to do this now do you have one of those moments <laughs> <laughs> with our schedules man, there's hardly ever a, we got to do this right now uh, <laughs> if it's that dire usually the phone comes out ah, i was yeah. gonna say the phone okay there you go yeah oh do you actually do you record yourself on the phone sometimes when you're like in the car oh and, for sure yeah i wondered about process if that was one of the ways i mean coming into the uh coming into the phone and just remembering what that melody was uh, uh i do that sometimes i'll be in the shower and like do 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 you know come up with something and as soon as i turn that shower off i run for the phone and and hum that same thing in before I forget it. That's know? sweet. No, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear you say that because I've lost so many ideas as a writer, and, and now I find myself. Well, I'm the king of post-its. Drive my wife crazy ah. with post-its everywhere, and now they're just consolidated to one room. But um, yeah, I just I, and now I'm finding myself on the phone recording ideas, texting myself. I do that because <laughs> the last yeah. the last thing you want to do is lose that idea. Yeah, you gotta archive it. Yes. or else it might drift off. Oh my gosh, yes, and I'll go to bed angry, and then maybe it'll hit me in the middle of the night. You know, like, why am I mad? Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> but uh, yeah. so, uh, just curious too on that, on the writing aspect, Andy, you wrote the, you wrote that book. Are you writing outside of the music at all lately? Um, you know that that book has done so much better than I ever ever thought it would do. To tell you the truth, David, you know when I I think we had this conversation yeah, before. We did. Um, uh, just the the 
the the whole theme and the content of that book is uh, so harsh. And I I figured when I finished it, there would never be a publisher that would have, you know, the cojones to, to put it out. Um, uh, but, you know, I got lucky and somebody did put it out and it is... It is. It continues to steadily sell. That's great. And That's great. Uh, I get so many uh, messages from folks uh, letting me know how much it's touched them and 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 made them think about things, which is is tremendous. That is so awesome. But I tell you what, and you know this, uh, writing that book took so much out of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By the end of it, I was exhausted yes. um, uh, with 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 writing. Um, it seems like I went through a streak right there after that book was published where I had a, a, a couple of, a couple more short pieces published. Um, and I, I still have the thought to come back and I will come back and, and write something else. But, but I am still, I am still, um, uh, uh, pretty, pretty exhausted from writing that one. Well, I, no, I totally understand that. Um, well, you have that outlet, though. Dawn, I've got, do you have another outlet that you, where you can branch off into other facets and maybe close him off for a while in his room and you go do your thing? Um, absolutely. I'm kind of one of those people that are always looking at new hobbies to get into, but yeah. um, art has always been a facet of my life um, and my well-being. Uh, I love uh, photographing and mm. painting. Um, in fact, you can see a couple of my more stranger works behind. I'm the looking. Oh, okay, behind there. him. And what about behind your head? I'm looking there too. Um, oh yeah, there's a couple over there as well. Oh, but, I see. Um, yeah, to the left, I see that one. And then yeah, I like the one with the the different colors, the squares, right to the right there, up top right. Yeah, sometimes. Very cool. Sometimes it's just getting paint on the brush and making a patchwork of whatever feels right. And then other times it's really getting into the details and painting a portrait or setting up some lights in the garage and taking some photographs. Um, I actually work at a photo lab. So basically like a one hour photo um, and I'm the lab tech in there. And so I'm kind of dealing with photography all day long at work. And then I come home and it's like, do I photograph more or should I lean into some painting for a little while to air out the chemistry fumes for a little bit? Oh, um, I understand. Into different chemistry. And but, and, yeah. and people can view her stuff at? There we oh, go. There uh, we go. Dawnsgallery.wordpress.com. Nice. I would have asked you for that. Uh, that's yeah. I, I. You know how much easier my life would be if I could actually paint and draw. I wish I could. I've tried. I'm the guy that has to hire the artists when because I do not just the you know, the pros and the, the the books I do. I do comic books and I drive my artists crazy. Um, oh. I'm on my third one. Well, two of the three still talk to me. So, <laughs> but I wish yeah. I could do it myself. But it, 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 I can photograph. I notice I actually do take very good pictures. It's something I probably should have pursued. Um, but it's good to have those outlets. And then you both come converge with music, which has got to be an amazing thing when you find each other at the end of the day and you both have an idea. Or does that, do you clash with that idea? Do you usually mesh? I think we mesh very well. I mean, you know, uh, um, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of, uh, if any, competition between us. I mean, we're just mm -hmm. open to each other and each other's ideas and, um, uh, you know, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about our marriage and our 
our relationship is that um, uh, there's just a, a deep understanding between us and and calmness and acceptance between us that uh, that I think maybe a lot of folks don't have. Maybe a lot of folks do have, but I know that we do have it. Yeah, we're usually we're pretty much always vying for each other's ideas and to get them across the finish line as best we can. Very cool. No, it, the proof is in the music too. Um, we'll take a quick break here. I want to give them another taste before we get further into this. Um, uh, Mad Jimmy comes up. I think that should be the next tune we play. Um, I, I really love the harmonies. Uh, the, 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 it's a nice chill riff. And basically it's everything I like about rock and roll all at once there. So we'll do a little Mad Jimmy and get back with, uh, with Dandy and Dawn Brown of the Fizz Fuzz. Hope you guys enjoy this. And uh, you two, thanks for being here. Sean, we miss you. We'll, we'll find you soon.
Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electrocast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electrocast. All right, folks, friends and fiends, back again with the Fizz Fuzz and you just heard Mad Jimmy. I've got to know what that song is about. So that song is um, inspired by, well, relationships, uh, friend relationships, and people that you constantly are worried about their well-being and whatnot, and they're somewhat, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I can't think of the word, but um, mysterious, like you can't always tell uh, where they're at or if they're going to be okay all the time and uh, it's just a song about friendship perfect uh, yeah I love that one too I didn't ask you initially what Statues is about we started with that one from the onset um, what was that one about or how'd that come about I, I tend to when my, when my children I have two daughters uh, when they're going through struggles or tough times i i get very affected by that and that song actually uh um is about my youngest daughter who um uh went through an enormously difficult time and so that's what inspired me to put that together okay all right so it's personal um i let's see i I always I like to ask artists. I know you well, with eclectic taste too. I like I like to know what you two are listening to currently, and you know, is there anything out there that is inspiring you to keep going, or do you just kind of like to make your own sounds? There are there is one group in particular. Don knows what I'm going oh, to say. <laughs> currently, my favorite group is a band out of Nottingham, England, hmm. uh, called Church of the Cosmic Skull. Wow. And um, they are, uh, they have this production value, um, that is, uh, just tremendous to me. It's like a, a combination of Leonard Skinner and ABBA and Led Zeppelin and, uh, and, uh, and some Bowie in there. Yeah, I would say so wow, too. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, I just so highly recommend them to everybody. Everybody's probably sick of me sending mm-hmm. links to them, <laughs> their music, um, but uh, I truly, truly enjoy them. We, uh, I actually struck up a friendship with um, with their their lead guy, Bill Fisher, um, uh, and he's just a tremendously talented fellow. Uh, they ha- he has a project right now with his, I think it's his brother, uh, called Massive Hassle, uh, which is also really, really cool. Um, uh, like I say, I just love the production value. It's not. It's not overly slick. Mm-hmm. Um, it has that kind of 70s uh, kind of warm analog vibe to it. Very cool. And I the, like that. The, yeah, and the harmonies. Uh, they have a, a couple of female backup singers. Uh, the harmonies that they do, um, it, it's just inspiring to me. So, uh, you know, I think they're tremendous. 
uh, our good friends Alice uh, and Franco from Alice Tambourine Lover. Mm -hmm. uh, they have uh, been a huge, huge influence uh, over the past maybe 10 years now. Um, I just love what they do as well. They're out of Italy. And out they're of lovely people. And they are. They're real sweethearts and just super, super talented. But, you know, uh, those are two of the ones that really pop out at me right now. I'm always looking for for new music and yeah. new experiences. Um, uh, even though we do hit up the record stores, we've turned into uh, quite the vinyl collectors. Yes, and, me uh, too. Yes. <laughs> and so we're always going through every every uh, dollar bin and 50 cent bin and yep. um, uh, just growing our collection as we go. And a lot of that stuff ends up being stuff from the seventies, stuff from the eighties that, yep. um, that, uh, that just ends up, you know, in those bins that we, we just love and, and we pick it up and we condition the records and, and, and we'll just spend, you know, sometimes here in our living room uh, popping off on records. Yeah. I love it. I am actually representing my favorite band. Yes, um, I see that. Yeah, I've always loved Smashing Pumpkins, and I always tend to return to them. I never get tired of their records. Um, Siamese Dreams yes. always a good one. Gish, or I love Machina. Gish. Gish is a good one, yeah. of course. Machina or Machina, that's more of a newer one, but yes. I return to that one a lot as well. Um, as Dandy was saying, we have quite the... A vinyl collection and I have just about every Cat Stevens record you can have. Interesting. Um, okay. Just because I I love the rawness of Cat Stevens' voice and how honest mm -hmm. uh, the production is and it's always so positive and has such a strong uh, moral back to it uh, and so Cat mm -hmm. Stevens always puts me in a good mood and makes me happy about being on Earth, <laughs> which can be. This is Mario. And Sarah. From, from Spotlights. Spotlights. And you're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. That's can that's be an incredible, though. No, this is the second episode. This is the second episode in a row that Cat Stevens came up. And yeah. we did not start out that way. It was really interesting. Yeah, I agree. And the vinyl thing, uh, my wife and myself, same thing. We're on the hunt for, uh, we, we. she wants Jane's Addiction Ritual, Dalo Ritual, but it's, it's scarce and very expensive when you find it. We have all the other Jane's Addiction stuff, including the live album, which is great. And we get the new stuff, too. Some bands, wow. like Deftones, we always buy them, uh, vinyl and CD. Um, and then, you know, they come with the MP3s, which is great, you know. But, yeah, there's some mm. bands we just, like, she's a Durani. Okay, and uh, yes, Duran Duran all the way uh, with that one. She she turned me. I was a metalhead, you know, and I've seen them three times. We just saw them. I had I had right. I had floor tickets. They blew me away. They're amazing. Yeah. They got it down. You know, they're fun. They're just a fun band. And I have seen Smashing Pumpkins too. Don't worry. I, yeah. I love. They're a good band live, man. They're great. Um, yeah, Jane. You know, speaking of uh, Jane's addiction, I saw them years and years ago probably close to 30 years ago and they were absolutely absolutely tremendous and yeah. then uh i think it's about seven years ago uh Edmano played uh in clisson france at a, at a festival called hellfest yeah and, i know i'm familiar with that one and yeah they played right after us um or shortly after us maybe it was a band or two after us and they were terrible i mean they were they were just so not good oh boy uh, the energy 
help us. Maybe they were just tired or something, but they weren't that good. But then, interesting. Uh, Don and I just saw them uh, a handful of months ago, and it was tremendous. They played really, really tremendously. I was super impressed by their show. Yeah, they. I could see that. Um, they, if they were had a lull there, maybe somebody wasn't getting along, or maybe Perry was doing his own thing somewhere else. Um, I, you know, I could see that, but yeah, we've been lucky with them. But as for the vinyl thing, yeah, we're a part of the vinyl revolution um, mm-hmm. because we still have our old stuff from the, the origins uh, way back when in the seventies. I and I acquired my dad's from the fifties and sixties, and, mm-hmm. and so we hunt particular stuff down. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, do you, um, Dawn? Do you own Smashing Pumpkins on vinyl? Have they put stuff out? Um, I have some of their older things on vinyl. Like I have Gish. I have um, Siamese Dream. Um, I really wanted to have Zeitgeist, but there's only so so few of those out there that I haven't <laughs> been able to procure one. And then it yet. gets expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, precisely. But well, um, I inherited so many Rolling Stones records from my grandmother because she nice. was a huge Rolling Stone fan back in the day. Um, that was like her bread and butter. That is uh, so cool. Yeah, so I have some really old Rolling Stones that are like still mono records. Um, I've got like... The section for Rolling Stone has got to be like this thick in our collection, <laughs> and everything else is just like a couple here and there. Oh, I love it! Yeah, we we definitely we have we have the hookup with our records right in the living room, like the old days. It's a it's very personal, and yet per, like we have a little I don't know what you want to call it our own concerto, where we'll just sit down and uh, you know, a mm-hmm. glass of wine or whatever and play whatever album we're just listening to. We don't really play it among other people. Unless my dad's around, then we uh, we have what he calls a snow day. He was a teacher, and when he would when they would have a snow day a cancellation, he would stay home and play records. So that's that has since been passed on. Um, now, I, first of all, I really wish you guys would come out east again. Well, east sometimes so that we can see you. Uh, but is that in the in the plans? Are you going to come out east and play? Or right now, you're just doing the California circuit. Well, like I was saying, that uh, uh, after we write a record, then we come up with our big plan on what we're going to do, and and so we're we're tossing around a couple of ideas. Uh, uh, one of them is to swing through the Midwest and end up in Atlanta, where we uh, record some more stuff. So you know that's that's a definite possibility. Okay, well we'd like to see you. Um, this one's personal for musicians right now because I'm. I can only imagine. For writers, it's bad enough, and you can see what's going on with AI and everything these days. But what, um, your, what is your favorite music platform if you're not listening to your vinyl? Um, like, uh, we're on Spotify with Kettle Whistle Radio, among others. Um, like, where is the best outlet for you as a musician these days? And who, uh, I guess, pays you the best for plays? You know, uh, I find myself fishing around for stuff all over the place, Spotify being one. You know, YouTube has always been like, you know, a standard, mm-hmm. a standard you know, to go to. Um, and then I just have a whole lot of people that will send me music. You know, uh, I get, I would say at least half a dozen people send me something every month. Um, a lot of it, a lot of it is kind of in the same genre of, of heavier stoner rock kind of music uh, that they want me to check out, which is, you know, some of it's very cool. Some of it is kind of 
like everything else in that genre. Right. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, I just have friends send it to me and I'm always, and I have many, many friends that play music. So I'm always on them to send me their new stuff to hear what they're up to. So there's always an influx of new stuff coming in. And I, you know, I do go search for it though on, on almost every platform. Yeah, I agree. Spotify and YouTube are my biggest two. And then word of mouth, Oddly enough, after that. Yeah, word of mouth still. I, for us old school folks, that's that's my favorite. That's why I started yeah. this thing, too. I mean, you, you meet all kinds of folks. And music you normally wouldn't, sometimes wouldn't hear. You know? Yeah, and that's you, where the gems lie. I agree. I completely mm-hmm. agree. Um, and I, I love it. And you guys did explain a little bit. I love hearing the evolution of a song. Um, has there ever been, because this is heavily influenced, this question with uh, reading Brian Wilson's book, uh, has there ever been like an outside controlling influence, whether it was good or bad, uh, that helped or hindered your songwriting ability? Um, like you taking somebody's advice, heeding it, and it worked or didn't work? Um, See, they they had their they had their father, um, who was, man, he they they did need direction in the beginning, but when they found their way, they fired him physically fired him <laughs> um and uh they came up they they were on their way they could do it on their own and he didn't like that but did you guys ever have anything like that happen i can't you know i i, I played with a number of folks that um it, it simply didn't work out personality wise and I, I ended up feeling like it was holding me back a bit um i've also you know pushing pushing 60 years 60 years old now i I've been through a lot of different relationships that weren't always the healthiest for my music career. Um, but, you know, that just makes me appreciate where I'm at today. Well, you you uh, guys, you certainly don't look your age, so I'm just saying. You know, these are good-looking folks here, kids, that you can't see right now. Vaughn's like 80. Can you believe oh, it? <laughs> look at that. I moisturize. Every <laughs> they say that's the key. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, well, um well, you already gave me some bands. I was going to ask you about bands that you have on the radar right now. Those mm-hmm. were two good leads. You could always feel free to send me links. And if you want to put them up on the Facebook page for Kettle Whistle Radio, it's always welcome. Because uh, oh, we, we definitely. love to get I... new leads. And then that means we can possibly have them on the show sometime. Oh, um, for sure. For what, sure. What's the next step for the Fizz Fuzz, though? What, what do you do? Like, when you get off of here right now, are you guys going to go relax? Or are you thinking the next album up already? Um... What will we do tonight? Probably, uh, you know, we're working stiffs, bro. You know, mm-hmm. we got early days coming up tomorrow. So, you know, we're not super night owls through the week or anything like that, especially on a Monday. <laughs> um, so I'd imagine we'll just kind of kick back and, and watch a movie together and enjoy being next to each other. I was going to ask, what do you guys like to do to wind down? Just that? Uh, you know, we're, we're uh, uh, as far as tonight, no, but, <laughs> but we're tennis aficionados. We nice. play tennis like crazy. Um, uh, man, it's been a great... We've been playing together for about six years now. Um, actually, it's kind of how we came together. Uh, our first dates were on the tennis court. Oh, nice. And Yeah, yeah. And, and Don is a tremendous player, and I'm, you know, I got a weak-ass <laughs> game. But uh, after six <laughs> years of playing against somebody really good, um, I've developed, you know, some skill with it. And so we get out as many times as we can during during the year, and... We're lucky that we got this bay weather that that means we can go all the way up till probably november even maybe into december on some days and nice. and then take a couple months off and get back out and in, in march you know 
He is being modest, though. His game has tremendously improved since we started our matches. Oh, oh so you, you're giving him a chance, at least? <laughs> <laughs> no, she does not do that. That's, you know... I, kind I don't of... go easy on yeah. <laughs> Don't pull any punches on the court. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, we do that, you know, and uh, we've got uh, a beautiful little strawberry patch in the back that we mm-hmm. we tend to mm-hmm. and a number of plants out there. Uh, we've got some herbs and and uh, our strawberry patch, though, is our, our pride and joy. It is our pride and joy. We have been eating strawberries all summer. That is great. So is my dog because my wife has a beautiful uh, garden in the back. Oh. And we found that he, our new guy, likes to eat strawberries. So we haven't no had way. as many wow. as we'd like. Yeah, we didn't see that coming. But, yeah, my, wow. my wife's got the green thumb. I am botanically challenged. But I do see, I do see there is some relaxation in it. And I, I was surrounded by her garden all through our backyard. And I'm just like, wow, she did all this. You know, I just rearrange or move things. She plants and does the, the hard work. Uh, and she knows yeah. a lot about it, and I'm learning still. But yeah, there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of chill factor there when you have that all around you, and and now you know growing your own vegetables too, which is something new for me. Oh, you know, I just like going out, you know, beyond just eating them. It's it's nice to just go out on the uh, back porch and just kind of look at them. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. You know, wow, you know, look at that strawberry. Is it almost ready? And that kind of thing. And heck yes. I don't know. It's a nice, warm, wholesome thing. I guess I'm just appreciating things a little more than I, I have. And that comes with age, too. You, things you used to walk past and you stop and look, you know. Um, that's right. what I try to do. Um, I, and this was for both of you. I'd like to hear what both of you have to say on this one. Is there anyone that you'd like to work with but you have not yet? Musically or in your art, too, Dawn, if there's somebody else that you'd like to work with, collaborate. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean... That's a really tough question. How how high up the, the yeah. how high up the ladder are we talking? Uh, yeah. Well, we can we can go to like fan. people that we could maybe actually work with. Yeah, that, that would that, that would probably be more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. Well, you know, I've talked about Bill Fisher and uh, uh, the guy from uh, Church of the Cosmic Skull, and yeah, and I hope one day to to do some collaboration with him. You know, um, there there are a lot of folks who are just so so tremendous, dude. I mean. Uh, I could probably, if they lived in the same town, um, there's a ton of people I would love to work with. Um, yeah, I I strongly agree with uh, your uh, Bill Fisher nomination. <laughs> but um, my pie in the sky answer would be, of course, this is uh, unfortunately unfeasible, but. Um, Chris Cornell would be. Oh amazing. my goodness! Yeah, oh, that one hurts every day. It's always new. It it's always new for me. Uh, that yeah that's a rough one that's a rough one uh and, you know mark lanigan uh we we were big fans here uh we read all his stuff well we read his book and um mm-hmm. his life uh, you know that one hurt the gutter twins i was a big fan of that when he did that i'm not afraid of the dark but you should be there are things that's well here in the dark things best left unseen with the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new 
truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Right. Um, yeah, we lost quite a few uh, in the past couple of years. Very sad. But on the upswing, I got to know um, if you two have an answer for this one. Have there been any positive changes in the realm of music since, say, the COVID and all everything that went through? Coming out the other end, do you th see things positive in music land these days? You know, it seems like people did get a chance to, like, re really regroup and refocus on, mm -hmm. on their art. You know, so maybe that was a positive thing. I think there's a lot of really great uh, things happening out there, and I think maybe a lot more people are, are hungry for it again. Mm -hmm. um, yes. You know, so maybe it'll bring more people out. Maybe that'll be a, a positive thing. Um, I think one result from people being locked up for so long is that they've been able to fall in love again with live music and mm. venues and whatnot. Um, and so what I would really hope would be that more people would seek out uh, going to a venue and seeing their local band playing. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree, and I've seen it, and you're, you're seeing it firsthand too. You guys are on ground zero for that being right in front of the public when you play. Um, I, I saw it, uh, well, my first show back uh, when I was fully recovered, not fully recovered really, was Pantera. I had to mm -hmm. get better mm -hmm. to see Pantera and Lamb of God. Um, right, I, I had to right. be able to walk around, which uh, basically it kind of gave me that mindset, like, I got to get better to go see this. And I went from Pantera then to Duran Duran. <laughs> um, Very nice. I was a huge Duran Duran fan. Uh, oh, really? Cool. Uh, oh, yeah, man. Right when they came out, you know, again, I'm pushing 60. So uh, my teen years, uh, uh, early MTV and all that stuff was sure. was all over my growing up. Absolutely. And, uh, you know. I had uh, Hungry Like the Wolf. I had, uh, you know, Rio uh, ringing in my head all the time. Nice. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we love our heavy music here, but that they impressed me live. And I, I was even into the power station when, the, you know, they were branching out with John and Andy Taylor, did their little thing on the side with, uh, geez, Tony yeah. Thompson on drums and Robert Palmer. And, you no know, doubt I have the record, dude. Something yeah. like it hot. Yeah. Oh, I've got it around here. I even have the songbook on how to play every instrument. <laughs> yeah. I started, I, I didn't realize what a geek I was for them, but yes. Uh, but yeah, I yeah. agree. Music, um, I saw it in the audience. I saw it in the, just the advent of the concert, waiting outside or waiting for the concert to come. And then the explosion of it happening right before you. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I hope to see I you guys. I was going to say, I feel like I, I made the leap. It was like, it was like Duran Duran. And then suddenly, Husker Du and the replacements came around. Yeah, that's that's a package and right there. That really caused a huge shift in how I how what I wanted to play, and um, you know the direction I wanted to go. Um, so you know you go through things like that. I mean, new music comes along like that 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 gives you a whole new angle, a whole new look. You know, mm -hmm. absolutely. And I'm I'm excited about music again, and you guys are helping me do that. Um, now, as far as I see, you guys are on Taxi Driver Records. Is that the UK company or is that here? That is out of Italy. That's out okay. of uh, Genova. And uh, that's our European label. Okay. Um, and we have another label, Slush Fund Recordings. Right. Uh, they're out of uh, Atlanta. 
Well, we're, we're going to go out with disbelief. Um, where did right. that one come from? I um, I love the do it, the attack that you both have on that one as well. Um, well going back to uh, talking earlier about contributions on the record, um, I was sitting around one night and Steve Earle sent me the um, the acoustic riff to that song, which I believe was a voice memo was on his on his telephone. And uh, he said, do you think you could write something for this? And um, I was just hooked immediately. I think it took me like an hour to write out the lyrics for that, like the next day. And um, and when we got together uh, uh, to play in England, um, I think that was the first time we'd played it together. With, with, with Earl. With, with Earl. Steve Earl. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that one... Uh, totally uh, contributed uh, in part by Steve Earle, and we took it a little bit further with uh, with lyrics and our and our harmonies on it. Okay, very cool. Uh, that's more than I expected from that. Let's give everybody where they can find where you want them to find you and your music. And I, I think Sean is actually calling in to uh, <laughs> ask his question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Episode so, two. Right, I think it's hilarious. They can't. might come in at the end here. But why don't you give out all your socials here, and I'm going to see if I can get uh, Mr. Sean to come in. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, you can find uh, our stuff at, uh, at our website, dandybrown.com, uh, or you can go to Taxi Driver Records. Um, I think they have a um, – uh, they have a, uh, a uh, what's their page called? Uh, I was looking at it too. Uh, Bandcamp, jeez. Yeah, Bandcamp. Band Isn't that what funny? A long day it's been. Yeah, um, Bandcamp. But a good yeah, one. But you can find uh, find all their catalog on Bandcamp and Slush Fund. Um, if anybody can type into a browser, Slush Fund Records Atlanta, and I'll take you right to that label, and they have a ton of tremendous artists as well. Mm. And we're also available on Spotify and iTunes. Indeed, on just about every platform. Good to know. I want to thank you so much for doing this. I guess Sean is not going to make it. What can I say? Uh, I apologize. But I, on his behalf, I know he wanted, to, he wanted to ask about Armano and uh, what's going on there. Did you have some kind of resurgence recently with the guy? Um, we're reissuing. We did a remix, remaster um, of all of our catalog. And uh, we had some tremendous engineers come in and take our old masters and um uh sonically bring them uh, uh, into today with an update and uh we're releasing those on uh ripple uh ripple music out of san francisco and uh, the first one comes out november 3rd and man they, they just sound tremendous um really uh really new life breathed into all those records even so. wow even better wow okay yeah they they they're they're selling like hotcakes better get one now while you still can okay well i have something else to look forward to then and plus those two leads i did write down that's usually sean's job to write down the, the bands that and i just got a message from him he's not gonna be able to call back in so uh, okay uh, we'll do it again folks i'm sure we'll have more to talk maybe we'll play we'll talk to you before your next show you said in november right oh for sure for sure I we're always here to talk to you man we, yeah. love, we love having chats with you guys oh we got well you guys are the reasons why we, we do this thing and uh, we're going to continue doing it. You realize now you're, you're episode 281. Um, nice. Yes. And all the episodes are up. I've been doing this 15 years. Um, I'm at Fairly Dark on Twitter, though I don't really use it. I do distribute the episodes on there. But Spotify for all Kettle Whistle Radio episodes. 
My books and Kettle Whistle Radio, FairlyDarkProductions.com, comic books, Burning Bowl Publishing slash Comics.com. And that's me. And we love you guys. Just come on Facebook and give us a like on Kettle Whistle Radio's uh, uh, Facebook page. And uh, yeah. yeah, and you guys feel free to post if you find music you think we'll like. I love the leads coming from the professionals. So, well, for sure we have to do it again because I have lots of questions about the fall of tomorrow, and um, maybe we'll need to do that just via some messages between you and I. But um, I do have a lot of questions about that book, my friend. <laughs> and why isn't it a major motion picture yet? Uh, fall your, of tomorrow. Oh, oh, God, no! I, I was hoping you were talking about the last book review I did. Um, no, I, no, 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 man! I, I'm talking about your book. Well, I wish uh, that, that. Yeah, that was my first one. Fall of Tomorrow, Demon Apocalypse. I, it would make a good movie or a good ten-part miniseries. Oh my gosh, man! Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh, Lucky Thirteen and the the Sentinels. It, oh, you liked got, it? Wow! I did. Okay, thank I you. I did. Thank you. The Fall of Tomorrow, Dwelling in the Dark is a, an easier task because they're uh, short stories and there's something in there for everybody. Mm-hmm. Fall of Tomorrow, you know, I followed the pattern of Dracula where it was a set of journals. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, very much a bad idea to, for my first book. It was kind of <laughs> difficult. But um, I'm, thank you very much. That's the best compliment I've had in a very long time. Well, right on, man. It's it's an allegory. And I, I, I do want to talk about how it's an allegory next time we talk. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Uh, hold that thought, but I, I hate to say goodnight now. <laughs> <laughs> Drag out the interview, man. All right, cool. Um, yeah, we're going to have to talk to you again. Uh, but also, folks, he's talking about the fall of tomorrow. You can find that on that page, uh, fairlydarkproductions.com, or go to burningballpublishing.com. And uh, and thank you. Yeah, kind of. I'm wrapping a new book up, a new book that should be done next week going to mm-hmm. uh edits and all that fun stuff so this kind of gives me that fuel for my fire thank you very nice Dave. Uh, well dude it's always a pleasure to sit with you and talk for a bit and definitely we'll have to do it again when sean can be in with us <laughs> and uh... i know i know it's i just have to laugh poor guy yeah. he said he, he was gonna call and then he got called back in again so uh, it's an uh, ongoing thing he's like a, a ghost in in our our, uh, our well yeah this is technically our headquarters so yeah but yeah hey um well uh dandy and dawn thank you so much for doing this and we're going to talk again soon and if you ever have anything you want to talk about even sooner just bring it on up and you know we'll, we'll do it because i'm in charge here so and uh you got it, man. we got yeah. sponsorships too uh, sorry dawn we actually have sponsorships too now, um, so you, you, well, oh, you, nice. yeah, yeah, you'll you'll get to hear that. But what were you saying, Dawn? I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying, I was just affirming what you were saying. That's all. Thank you, thank you. Well, I, <laughs> great to see your faces, and um, as we as we stumble to the end of this interview. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm sorry about the stumbling. That's on my end, but what can I do? You know, we we do we try to keep it real here. Sometimes it's too real. <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, you take care. And again, thanks for having us on. Thanks for all your support. Always. always. We really, really appreciate it. We love your show. Thank you. And we love you guys. So uh, you have a great one, okay? Thank you. Folks, the Fizz Fuzz, check them out. Do it tonight. And good night to everybody.
Everything
Pop culture. Subculture. Music. Horror. Sex. Politics. Art. And overall bad This is Society 13. Redefining Podcasting. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Hey, what's happening out there, everybody? This is Lawrence Ross, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my podcast, The Lawrence Ross Show. Egomaniac. It's a two-hour weekly exploration into my mind. I also do sketches, celebrity impersonations. You're out of order! And I also do song parodies. Not too shabby for a blind guy. Not only are you visually impaired, but you are geographically impaired. New episodes are released every Friday. Check it out on your favorite podcasting platform or listen to it here on Society 13 on Electrocast.